welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Mental illness and substance abuse affect about one in five people in our country. They are huge problems and ones that likely have grown in recent months with the general upheaval caused by the pandemic. Facilities devoted to offering support for people who struggle with these issues matter, but historically, funding to support them has been inconsistent at best. That is changing thanks to a new piece of legislation. Certified community behavioral health clinics in Michigan are now going to be reimbursed through Medicaid for the full cost of providing patient services. The new change is the result of a bipartisan initiative called the Excellence in Mental Health and Addiction Treatment Act, and it was spearheaded by Senators Debbie Stabenow and Roy Blunt. Senator Stabenow joins me now to talk about this new effort and what it means for Michiganders. Senator Stabenow, as always, welcome to Detroit Today. Well, thanks, Stephen. It's great to be with you and, and particularly to talk about something positive in the midst of all of the challenges that everybody's going through right now. Yeah. Uh, so th- this is a problem that I think a lot of people are not necessarily aware of. But up until this point, there was not equal funding for behavioral health clinics and community health clinics. Talk about why that was true and why this change matters so much. You know, this has gone on for a long, long time, Stephen, and um, I'll take this all the way back to 1963 when President Kennedy signed the Community Mental Health Act, which was actually the last law that he signed before his death, Hmm. and that was to provide comprehensive community services instead of just warehousing people in the hospital. We know that uh, oftentimes someone may need hospitalization, but an awful lot of folks given support and medication, can manage their um, behavioral problem, their mental illness, just like a physical illness. And so that that was thrown out there then, never really actualized. And then we know in the 90s under uh, Governor Engler, the, the hospitals were closed. But again, the money wasn't put in the community. And so this is something that I have been concerned about for a long time. And uh, a few years ago, I approached Senator Blunt, uh, Republican from Missouri, he and I partner on funding community health centers. We're the leads on that. And I said, boy, we ought to be doing the same thing for behavioral health. It makes no sense to fund these important areas with grants when you're in a situation you would never, if somebody had a physical problem, if somebody needed uh, heart surgery, you'd never hear the doctor say, you know, we'd love to help you, but the grant ran out. Mm. And that's what happens in mental health and addiction services every single day. So we started putting this concept together and working on it, developed high-quality standards. That's what we have for health centers. If you meet the high-quality standards, then you can get full funding. So we're now bringing this across the country through a demonstration project. Uh, Michigan is now part of that, uh, which means instead of just grants, although Grants are, it's not that we, they're not important. I've been able to bring in about $88 million in startup grants in the last year or so to 18 different um, community facilities in Michigan to get them going, to meet the quality standards, to develop uh, the, the coordination with uh, public health services. 
But this says, okay, we're going to fund it like health care. So you will be able to bill for service. You know, anyone who's working as a professional at a behavioral health center, they'll be able to bill for the full cost of their service like you do at a health clinic. Yeah. They will get a higher match rate to the state uh, for Medicaid to be able to cover the additional costs. And we are making it structurally a part of health care. This is how... We really have comprehensive care and can say we're going to fund health care above the neck the same, same way as health care below the neck, which has never really happened in our country. So this, I don't view this as just an important step for Michigan. It is. It's very, very important. But it, for me, it's a movement to get this completely uh, integrated across the country so that we have uh, mental health and substance abuse services treated right. as health care. And and the timing here is important, given the things that we see going on and the strain that so many people are under. And you hear stories all the time about people unable to figure out how to get help if they don't have money to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, it, 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 all of us, I mean, everyone is feeling more stress, more isolation, more depression. I think it's very, very intense. I worry about our healthcare professionals. I talk to so many, um, you know, emergency room doctors and nurses and so on who are just working so hard and during the, the height of what was happening in terms of the pandemic uh, in Michigan, there's there's a real sense of PTSD as if, you know, going into war, the intensity, you're watching um, death, you can't control it, you, you can't help people like you want to, you're worried about your own safety, your own family's safety. There's so many new stressors on people and uh, someone losing their job or they can't feed their family or they're going to lose their house. And so to be able to reach out and just talk about that, to be able to get support from other people is very, very important. And uh, I'm really glad we were able to put this into place in the CARES Act and amid everything else that happened, uh, uh, you know, it did not at the time get a lot of uh, notice, but I've been working a long time to <laughs> take the next step in behavioral health services and, and glad we were able to get it done now. Mm. And talk about the bipartisan nature of this. You mentioned Roy Blunt, the senator from Missouri, who's a co-sponsor of it. We don't hear about that terribly often with big items coming out of, of Washington. This right. seems to be a, an important exception. Well, this, it is important, and I give um, Senator Blunt so much credit. He and I have really become not only partners but friends over the years. He uh, he chairs the appropriations, essentially the budget for health and human services in the Senate. And so he and I work very closely together and have um, been committed to this notion of comprehensive care and treating, really doing away with the stigma of mental health. I mean, so much of this is not just services aren't available. It's that people are afraid to ask for help or maybe they're worried they won't have the support from family and friends and so on. Um, and, you know, diseases in the brain are diseases just like any other part of our body. And one of the things that Senator Blunt and I have often talked about, you know, if somebody is a diabetic, they have a sugar imbalance, they measure it, they uh, monitor it, they get medication, and then they are able to go on with their life. Mm. If somebody has a chemical imbalance in the brain, like uh, being bipolar, 
Um, you can do the same thing if you have services and medication available. You can identify, um, take medication that will deal with the chemical imbalance, get the help you need, the therapy, counseling, and so on, and then manage it and go on with your life. Uh, we just haven't treated these kinds of diseases the same way. And mm. so that's our goal. With Senator Blatt and I, we said we, we want to treat mental health. Same thing with addiction. Addictions change, actually, your brain, your brain pattern. And so to undo that, you can't just say to somebody, well, just stop. Well, why don't you just stop? It's not, you it know, doesn't this, work this that way. actually yeah. related to um, physiological changes in your brain. And we need to understand that and be able to provide people the help that they need. I'm talking with Senator Debbie Stabenow, a Democrat from Michigan, about new legislation to make sure that there is full funding for the full cost of providing patient services at community behavioral health clinics uh, in addition to community clinics. Um, Senator, I want to change the subject just a little bit uh, because I've got you on the phone here. We've got this real debate going on in Washington right now about how Washington ought to be responding to the pandemic. Uh, The two houses of Congress are pretty divided on this issue. And then we saw over the weekend the president step into the breach and say, well, I'm just going to solve it myself. I will sign executive orders that will extend uh, the additional uh, unemployment payments and uh, give people relief in in other ways. I I wonder what you think is the opportunity to to get this all sorted out between the houses of Congress so that the president is not using executive orders that way. Sure. Well, first of all, let me say that, you know, the first packages were put together were bipartisan. But all along, I worried that once um, the administration got the authority they wanted to help big business in the stock market through Treasury and the Federal Reserve, that they would not feel a need to do more for people. And that's exactly what's happened. They basically put a safety net under the stock market telling them, go ahead, you know, invest, keep the stock market going. We got a safety net for you. But families, workers, kids, everybody else, they don't believe there's a need to do more. Mm -hmm. And so the president steps in, and if he was really doing something, I would be applauding him to you. But it's all fake, and I think it's Mm -hmm. cool because it raises people's expectations are going to get help, and there's no help. And what do I mean by that? He said he uh, did something on evictions. He put on a piece of paper that his uh, administration should study and make suggestions to see if there's a problem. Mm. Well, we know there's a problem. There were eviction protections for months put in place. People are losing their homes or their apartments now. So it's, you know, it's pretend. The same thing on um, adding, you know, he doesn't want to continue the $600 a week, which has been a lifeline for people who are temporarily out of work or permanently out of work. Um, And there aren't enough jobs. Over 30 million people on unemployment across the country. There aren't 30 million jobs available now. I wish there were. The reality is, So he says, we're going to do $400. But then what does he do? He sets up a new bureaucracy, and then he says states have to come up with 25% of that, $100. Mm -hmm. But he won't help states who he knows are getting ready to lay off 
police officers, firefighters, 911 call centers, public health workers, teachers, you know, food inspectors, everybody in the, all the public services funded that where the states right now can't pay the basics because they took all the money to put it into dealing with COVID-19, you know, who the the president said states have to do it, not not the federal government. They take the money. So bottom line is the states are going to have a hard time. I don't know any state yet that's going to be able to come up with that that $100 per week per, per person. And so he'll blame the states. So it's a game. And then he it says payroll tax cut, which is either going to be at best is a loan that you're going to have to pay during the holidays in December, pay it back, or at worst, it blows a $150 billion hole in Social Security. So it's, it is just, it's not real. And I worry because, you know, people are calling me, my own family, like, can we expect this? Is this, is this help? I wish it was help. Hmm. It's all pretend. And I think it becomes very cruel because it does it reflects a lack of understanding of what's really happening in people's lives, that it's real, that people need help, there are a lot of hardships. Um, you know, we and we also need to be doing everything possible to provide resources to help children get back to school safely. And most importantly, even on that top of everything, is the pandemic. If we don't get the healthcare pandemic under control with rapid testing and support and all the other things, we're not going to be able to get beyond this. And so it, it's just, it's very frustrating to me to see all the needs and what we ought to be doing. And all we get are just these optics, you know, pretend political games. Let's set up something where the states will be blamed instead of the administration. It's it's cruel and it's irresponsible. And so, you know, if the White House wants to provide an additional $400 a week per person, great. If they think they can do it, then just do it. Don't set up some new bureaucracy and require states who they know don't have the support so, and so the funding. Are you okay, though, with the idea that the president can do these things unilaterally and no, on, no, on his I'm own? No, I'm not. I'm just saying, if he, no, I mean, on top of all of that, is a whole question of legally can he right. do it? Yeah, of course. But I don't start with that because I want to start with their intention. Of course, he doesn't have the legal authority to do it. And if he wants to do it, he should just sit down and negotiate, and we could have it done, you know, by the end of the week. And so um, he does not have the authority, but he's pretending like he cares and that he does. Mm. So if he does, if he cares, then do it in a way. If you're going to stand up and say, "I got the authority." then at least do it in a real way that helps people and does yeah. it quickly. So, so, uh, he, so, so that's, that's, you know, that, to me that adds insult to injury. Sure, sure. So, so, so quickly, though, before I have to let you go, I wonder what you think is the, what's the play in the joints between the Senate approach to this and the House approach to this? There's a trillion dollars difference. Nancy Pelosi said she'd, She'd happily make up that 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 trillion dollars, meet them in the middle. Mitch McConnell says, no, that's not good enough. What, are we going to get to a point that legislation actually can pass both houses? You have to start by wanting to. You have to have the political will and you have to care and you have to want to get to an agreement. And that's what I don't see. I see a lot of desire to try to blame other people. 
but not get in a room and negotiate it. I've negotiated a lot of big things, Stephen, over the years. You always have to come to the middle. You always have to to um, respect the other side. You never get everything uh, that you want to get, but you have to start by wanting to get it done. And, and do you I think the Republicans want to do that? that? Do you think no, they want to get it I, done? I don't. I don't see any indication. I hope I'm wrong, hmm. but at the moment. I don't see any indication. On the CARES Act, the last package we did, I was in the room in the original negotiations, and from, it took only five days start to finish. Huge issues. But Senator McConnell put forward a bill. We countered. We negotiated. Five days later, it passed the Senate. If Senator McConnell and the Senate Republicans want a bill, then we will be able to negotiate. I've negotiated a lot of things with him. Right now, they they have what they believe, what they wanted, which is a safety net for Wall Street, mm. a safety net for um, the, the big companies and for their buddies. Safety net for families is not on their agenda. They don't want to get blamed for it, so they look for all these ways to pretend. But I will change my mind when I see them in a room. Mitch McConnell has not been in the room at all yet, mm. not even with the president's representatives and Speaker Pelosi and Senator Schumer. He's not even participated. And so um, I hope they care. They need to care. Um, people are hurting. They need help right now. They're sick of the politics. They want us to come together and have every reason to just be, you know, uh, tired and exhausted and, and um, infuriated with everybody because this is there's no excuse for this. There's no excuse for this. But you have to start by wanting to do it. And I don't see that. You know, when the president puts forward a phony uh, set of policies this weekend that don't do anything to help folks, but just give them a way to point fingers and blame somebody, um, that doesn't tell me that they actually want to help people. I, I, yeah, so I hope, I hope they do. I hope they do. Um, okay. okay. But I'm, I'm very concerned because too many folks in Michigan are running out of time right now. And, um, and parents are distraught about what's happening for children in schools. And, you know, I feel it in my own family with my grandkids now of what's going to happen, you know, trying to have the kids right now do things remotely. I've got a, a little grandson going into <laughs> kindergarten whose, you know, heart is broken because you can't do kindergarten very successfully on Zoom, you know. <laughs> right, and, right. Uh, and that's just one of a million stories, kids graduating, all kinds of things. Um so this is real for people. It's yeah. not some political game. Mm. And we need um, partners that are serious about it so that we can n negotiate something that, that helps people. Yeah. Okay. Senator Debbie Stabenow, Democrat from here in Michigan. Always great to have you here on Detroit Today. Thanks very much for joining us. Take care. Thanks. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with two healthcare experts about the future of telemedicine in this country and why we need to pay attention to Medicare funding now more than ever. Stay with us on Detroit Today.